Welcome to episode 36 of Dirt Road Divinity. I'm your host, Lisa Wade, and today we are going on another solo journey, this time into the land of what can feel like the slippery nature of joy. And this conversation will ultimately be leading to exploring eight practical tips to experience more joy in your life. So I have a question for you. Do you actually know how to experience joy? It may seem like kind of a silly question, but what I found is that it's actually not so easy. Some would say that we actually live in a joyless world. They point to wars and other horrors. They point to poverty and oppression, pain and suffering, emotional stress, and just perpetual unrest in general, to make their case. And those things absolutely exist and are experienced much more deeply by some than by others. And then there's also beauty and compassion, kindness and community, nature and service, meaning and fun and play all at the same time. See, both sides of the joy coin coexist in the same space, how we interact with the world and our experience of it is based on our come from and actually from our energy. And I'll be talking about some, some very practical ways that you can shift your come from and your energy to experience more joy later in the conversation. You know, overwhelmingly in the past, the clients that I've worked with have really expressed that they struggle to find joy. Either they can't find it, no matter where they look, they're just not finding joy in their lives. Or when they find it, they don't feel like they can sustain it. Or they think they're not worthy of it. That breaks my heart. Or that they think that joy is only found in great big things. Like big things have to happen for something as big as joy to be found. They think only with big wins or big successes or big things can we find joy? Now I've learned both through these conversations and through my own experience is that joy can be in the journey. When we open our minds and our hearts to find joy, even in what may seem like the mundane details of life. Right now, right this very second, <laughs> I could believe that joy will only be found when this podcast gets a million downloads or the YouTube channel gets a million subscribers. And hey, those things would be cool. And I encourage you to subscribe and even re leave a favorable review if you like. But right now, in this very second, I'm experiencing huge joy from the fact that my dog is currently asleep under my desk, laying on my feet, keeping my toes warm with her adorable fluffy body. <laughs> little things, big things are great, but little things can bring joy too if we let them. Now, don't be fooled though. <laughs> this hasn't always been the case for me. Um, I had quite a few years of what felt like a pretty joyless existence. I was in a joyless marriage, um, pretty miserable. In fact, 
but we'd both experienced kind of a, a spiritual awakening of sorts at the same time. And I felt very much like my spiritual progress in this life was somehow tied to him, that he was having the cool experiences. He, he was having these, these really cool experiences. And then if I wanted to be a part of that, that I was tied to staying in a joyless situation. I actually said the words out loud <laughs> that if I am to live into my soul's purpose, then joy just must not be in the cards for me in this lifetime. And at that time, I actually believed those words. I actually believed that if I chose joy, it would be an affront to my soul and even an affront to God. Because clearly they wanted me on this other path. And I finally realized after years, years of thinking this way, that neither my God nor my soul work like that. God loves me, wants me to be happy. My soul loves me, wants me to be happy. My spiritual progress is not dependent upon anyone else. And maybe, just maybe, my path of spiritual liberation and growth was to choose first to step out of joylessness. Now, that doesn't mean that in leaving the marriage, I jumped headlong into joy. <laughs> that would be far too easy. <laughs> in fact, it was a pretty rocky journey. I was thrilled to be out of the marriage, didn't miss it for a millisecond. However, the grief that came with only seeing my daughter half time after that was incredibly real. In fact, every other Friday night, I found myself sitting on the floor of my kitchen with a crappy $5 pizza and a six pack of cheap beer, having a pity party with my dogs, basically just feeling sorry for myself because she wasn't right there with me. Those were not fun times, <laughs> but over time, as I dove into better understanding my own energy and the power of noticing and actually shifting my own thoughts and feelings, I was able to usher more joy into my life. I had fewer pity parties with the pups and they were grateful because it meant more play and less me pouting. <laughs> so that was a good thing. I started kind of coming out of that slump by finding little things to be joyful for. My time with my daughter filled with joy, loved that. My time without her, I needed to learn how to find joy in those times too. I'd love to say that the joy lessons, you know, were kind of complete then, <laughs> but that's not how life works. It's certainly not how my life works. So over time, I actually swung really far in the other direction from joyless to fixating on, I only want to experience joy. In fact, I became so focused on joy that it created blinders to the very real challenges in my next relationship. It wasn't until things went horribly askew and until the joy was just gone that I couldn't help but see the mess I'd been trying to put a big googly-eyed smiley face on to disguise. That was hard. That was hard. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was leaning into joy. I was choosing not to look at all the yuck so I could feel more joy. 
And that didn't mean the yuck wasn't there. It just meant that the yuck wasn't being dealt with in a healthy, manageable way to where joy was actually allowed to flourish. And instead, joy got suffocated out. I don't wish that on anybody either. (laughs) So then I took some time for myself on a donkey farm in very rural Oklahoma. COVID actually helped ensure that my social calendar was incredibly bare. (laughs) So it was during this solo time that I began to finally recognize that the GPS of my soul was joy all along. It was always joy, real joy, healthy joy. Healthy joy, not the absence of it or the wishful thinking that causes blinders, but healthy joy has always been the GPS leading me toward, not away from my soul. Now, when I'm tuned in and deeply discerning, I can actually feel which choices will usher in greater joy and also help steer me away from, you know, needless pain. And in those moments, I know that I am more connected to my soul than ever. My soul wants me to experience joy, just like yours does. Wants us to experience joy, not the absence of it, and not the spiritual bypassing that paints a fake joy face over real pain and real problems. As long as we walk on this earth, suffering and pain will still be part of the human experience. But can we face even that and still find joy? Joseph Campbell once wrote, participate joyfully in the sorrows of the world. We cannot cure the world of sorrows but we can choose to live in joy. You know, as long as we live in a world of polarity and duality, sorrow and pain will be part of the experience. It's kind of part of the admission ticket for being human. And yet we can still choose to live in or at least find moments of meaningful joy. Personally, I think that's how we each have an opportunity to play a role in shifting the energy of the planet, of ushering in a more joyful consciousness on earth that's based in things like joy and unconditional love and unity instead of suffering and pain and joylessness. That's a world I'd love to see in this lifetime and that I would love to help usher in by experiencing and being willing to experience more joy now. Choosing joy actually then becomes a way of being of service. Kind of a nice thought. (laughs) Fortunately, I've, I've experienced what joylessness feels like, and I've experienced what unhealthy joy can feel like. And now in my current relationship, I am so grateful to have the experience and opportunity to lean into joy even more. You know, before I mistakenly thought of joy as a personal pursuit, not one related to my career or how I run my business. You know, I could guide clients on their path of joy, but when it came to business, 
I got all thinkery about it all up in my head. And what I found for me is that overthinking is actually a joy assassin. <laughs> but it wasn't until my love, Jim, and I had a chat about business planning. You know, see, Jim is a successful CEO with a very smart business brain, and he finds joy in things like spreadsheets and P&Ls, things that might give me hives, I don't know. but he finds joy there. But we were talking one day about like profit avenues in my business, and he stopped and he said, now, wait a minute. He said, for you, success measured solely by income and profit does not speak at all to your soul. Where's your joy metric? What? <laughs> what? Joy metric? First of all, in that moment, number one, I fell more in love with him than ever because I felt incredibly seen and understood at a soul level. It's like he got me. He, he, he gets me and gets where I come from and, and what really, really is important and matters to me. But secondly, it had never once even occurred to me to consider a joy measurement in my business. Hadn't even pondered it. I had never thought of it as an avenue for increasing the joy I feel in my own life or for measuring my own success when it came to business, which begs the question, why the hell not? <laughs> you know, if I can see joy as being a GPS for the soul, why would I allow it to apply in a personal life and not in professional life? It didn't make any sense why I had made that distinction. So where do I find joy in my business? It became a treasure hunt to see where is the joy in my business. Now, honestly, doing this podcast, having these conversations brings me joy. It makes zero business sense on paper. It's an incredible investment of time and there's expense involved. And right now it's not making any money. So on paper, it doesn't make sense for me to do this podcast. But having these opportunities to you know, interview others, have meaningful conversations, and then share my own thoughts and feelings, that brings me joy. Empowering clients and guiding them to access their own inner power and their joy, huh, that definitely brings me joy. I love the feeling of seeing a light bulb come on for someone else, of seeing other people actually embrace their own empowerment and start using their newfound intuitive skills to make a difference in their own life, in every aspect of their life and their leadership. That, uh, that lights me up from the inside. Writing, writing can be incredibly joyful when I'm not overthinking it. Again, overthinking being the assassin of joy. <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, when I actually lead with joy in my business, more doors of opportunity open up to experience even more joy, to experience even more meaningful service, and yes, to experience even more profit. And it's not relegated, you know, joy itself simply is not relegated exclusively to the land of hobbies and holidays or, you know, vacations and date nights. With joy in my current relationship, I've been able to lean even more deeply in, not just as a personal pursuit, but in a healthy way in relationship and even in my business. 
And for that, I am incredibly deeply grateful. So these are some of my experiences with joy. And I'm curious how your experience is with joy. Is it easy for you to find or do you struggle? If you struggle, you're not alone. So many of the clients I've talked to have struggled with finding joy. And I explained some of the reasons why before, or I found that they recognize they put the joy of other people before their own joy, that they sacrifice the things that bring them joy so they can you know, pour more time and energy and effort into other people around them. What if by filling our own joy cups, <laughs> we have even more energy and can be of even greater service to those around us? It's really that important. If it's the GPS of your soul, and if your soul is one that, that leans toward wanting to be of service on this planet, then joy is an, actually an important component and ingredient in that. So if you'd like to find more joy in your life, I am going to now offer eight tips for inviting in more joy. Number one, allow joy to matter in all aspects of your life. Allow it, allow joy to be as present on Monday morning as it is on the weekends, as much as in your profession, as on your vacations, as much in your professional life as it is in your personal life or relationships, or even with your hobbies. Allow joy to matter in all of your life, not compartmentalized to one little aspect of fun that is a portion of your life. Number two, Try not to think of joy as an either or experience. It's not that life has to be all peachy to experience joy. Joy isn't the absence of pain or struggle, but the opportunity to feel or see or even be joyful, even in the midst of these very human conditions. Pain and struggle is going to happen. Heck, it might just be boredom. You know, that's going to happen. Those things are going to happen. But even in the midst of those, can we still be open to experiencing joy? So just keep in mind, it's not a black or white situation. It's not an either or situation. There can be pain and there can be grief and there can be joy all at the same time. They can coexist. They're, they're, it's like two sides of the same coin. Number three. If you experienced sustained joylessness, it may be an indication that you're in a situation that is out of alignment with your soul. So be willing to look really hard at that, to look at your situation, or maybe it's your thoughts or your beliefs, how they just aren't serving your joy. Is there something you can learn in the situation that can make you wiser or stronger or more liberated or more aligned? Is there something you can learn that can allow you to usher in greater joy? Is there something you can heal so that it stops blocking the experience of joy? If you experienced, if you experience sustained joylessness, it's an indication that something else is going on. And that maybe if you can see a small or even a big shift 
it might just open the door for even more joy. And that's an opportunity to get curious and to really explore what's going on in you, what's going on around you and how you're relating to it. Talking with someone can certainly help with that as well. Number four, find joy in the journey, not just in the destination. Be willing to make joy a traveling companion on the journey. It's not just about reaching the mountaintop, but it's about experiencing the path and the trees and the mountain all along the way to the top. On a road trip, for me, it means the right music played loud with the bad singing. That brings me joy every time. But knowing what is your thing that allows more joy in the journey, whatever that journey might be, allow for the joy in the journey, not just the destination. Number five, be willing to find joy in the small things. Joy doesn't have to accompany something huge. It just doesn't. If you're still struggling to find joy, go really, really small. Think about the things that you maybe take for granted every day. Maybe it's the ladybug that landed on your hand or seeing a dragonfly. Man, that brings me joy every single time or a hummingbird or whatever. Maybe it's looking up and appreciating the blueness of the sky or the warmth of the sun. Maybe it's a child's laughter or looking at your pet's squishy, adorable face and just feeling joy there. You know, my friend Scott, who struggled with joy, I, I encouraged him to go on a joy treasure hunt and really find something that was joyful in his life. And he came back and told me that for him, where he unexpectedly found joy was in the smell of a diesel dump truck that he happened to be following on the highway. He'd been a diesel mechanic for like his entire professional, you know, grown up life and had moved, wasn't doing that anymore. But that smell of diesel, for whatever reason, in that moment, right then, right there, brought him enormous joy. Your joy is your joy. Own it. Let it be and be willing to be surprised by where you find it. Be willing to find it in even the small places. Because the truth is, opportunities to experience joy are all around us. And we can, when we can see it in tiny or like mundane or everyday things, then we tend to be open to recognizing it in the more magnificent ways and, and you know, surprising situations as well. Which also leads to number six, <laughs> that to experience more joy, we really have to ditch comparison. Just like I've said that overthinking for me is like the assassin of joy, comparison is a joy thief. I mean, it just steals your joy right away. So when you are compare, comparing your life, your profession, your whatever with anyone else's, especially if you're being critical of yourself in the process, that just steals away, drains out your joy. So how about you let yourself live your life in your way without the constant inner drama of comparing your experience, your success, your failures, your progress, your past, your future to anyone else's. Let your joy be in your experience. Let their joy be in their experience and try not to steal it away through comparison. Number seven, if you are still struggling, even after these suggestions, lean into gratitude. You know, that's really my go-to for opening the door to more joy. 
it's kind of like a gateway feeling, you know, not a gateway drug kind of, but like a gateway feeling. If you can feel some joy, if I can ease into gratitude, if I can ease into joy by feeling gratitude, then maybe, just maybe joy is right around the corner. For some people, gratitude or appreciation is a little easier to get to than joy. So if you can just feel a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of appreciation, allow that door to be opened. It just may be that joy comes waltzing itself right in and you'll be more ready for it. And finally, number eight, if you are living in a perpetual state of joylessness, explore that with a therapist, with a friend, with someone you trust, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's in your journal, maybe it's with a coach. Talking about the feelings and the thoughts that actually block your joy can actually help to liberate that joy. Sometimes when we just express things, whether it's in our journal or out loud to someone else, they lose their charge. And all the resentment or comparisonitis or feelings of unworthiness or all the other stuff that we might be carrying around that blocks joy has an opportunity to be seen and to be addressed. The charge can be taken off of it. It can often be healed or transmuted. When we look at it, it can't keep poking us in the eye without us even knowing. Sometimes it feels really joyless to do the hard work of looking at our own inner world. That emotional tornado that's been staying, blocking the way of joy has probably been in there a long time and blocking the joy for a long time. And most people are probably more scared of actually dealing with the stuff inside than in never experiencing joy again. And this is where I encourage you to be courageous. This is where courage is called for. Take a look at the hard stuff. Don't bypass it and put a happy googly face on it, pretending to be joy. Don't do it. I've learned the hard way. It, it doesn't work. So talk with someone, have the courage to look, to look at the muck so that it can actually open a door as well to experiencing greater joy in your life. You know, in fact, this is something I, I work with with clients regularly. So if, if you don't know who to talk to, schedule an inner energy session with me. In our energy sessions, I go through and look at the energetic ways that joy and other feelings like love are being blocked in your body, in your life, how to move those aside, how to work with them, clear that energy, recognize, honor, and then clear the energy to make room for experiencing greater joy in all aspects of your life. This is something I do with clients regularly. I'll put the, the link to schedule your energy session in the show notes. Just reach out. We'll set up a call. You don't have to go this alone. And especially if you've been experiencing kind of a joyless existence, then you've probably been going it alone or it's felt really lonely for a long time. And this is an opportunity to get you back on the joy train. <laughs> you can have reach out to a guide, a mentor, a coach, a therapist, a friend, someone to help extend a hand so that you can get back on, back on the joy wagon.
So I'm encouraging you, at least allow yourself the chance to explore the possibility of more joy in your life. It's your birthright. Yeah, I said that. Joy is your birthright. Joy is the GPS pointing you in the direction of your soul's purpose. And it's a hell of a lot more fun than the alternative. When you allow joy into your life, you actually help shift the energy of the entire planet. So your joy at that point isn't just for you. It's going to feel great for you, but it's also a way to be of service to everyone else as well. So until next week, I wish you joy. It's as simple as that. I wish you joy. 